There's a problem that some people have labeled Moongate. It has to do with the smartphone cameras on the Samsung phones that when you zoom in on the moon about 30 times zoom and try to take a picture of the moon, it comes across very clear. That's because you're not actually getting the picture you took, but artificial intelligence is making the picture look more crisp and showing the craters and details on the moon. So people are wondering, are we even seeing what we're supposed to be seeing? It's not quite as bad as what happened with the Huawei company back in 2019. They had actually preloaded pictures of the moon onto the phone software. So when you took a picture of the moon and zoomed in, and it recognized the moon or what it thought was a moon, it would add craters and everything to include the details. Some people found you could take a picture of a light bulb and it would put craters on the light bulb. Of course, this has been done for a while now. People have complained about how social media platforms, the video cameras will take your face and make it look more what artificial intelligence deems to be more beautiful without sometimes even telling you. You start to wonder, can we even believe what we're seeing? Are we really supposed to be seeing what we see? But hasn't it always been that way? That is, with our eyes, we might see something, but we might end up being blind spiritually as we look. That's what Jesus says in John 9 as he's speaking to the crowds. We, we read some of that in brief through chapter 9. And Jesus speaks to them and reminds them that they actually can't see. Even though they claim to see clearly, they are blind. But we see how Jesus rescues us from our blindness. When Jesus was walking along, he came across a man who was blind. And as he saw that man who had been blind from birth, he asked him if he wanted to see again. And so Jesus did for that man something incredible. But before they even came there, the disciples, they revealed that they too were to some degree blind. Blind regarding that man and the way that God operates. You see, they, they saw that man and they knew he had been born blind, so they asked Jesus, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that that he was born blind. See, in the disciples' way of thinking, in their blindness, they thought that if he was somehow afflicted with blindness and suffering for that, it must have been because of some particular sin. But they had a, a dilemma here. How could the man have been born blind if he never had a chance to commit sin? And how could he be born blind to suffer the consequence of the sin of his parents? This man didn't fit into their theology because they were blind to the way God operates. Jesus reveals that he didn't just stumble across the man that day, but Jesus was there for a purpose. He said, neither this man nor his parents sinned that he was born blind. That is, the man wasn't necessarily sinless, but it wasn't some particular sin that made him blind. Rather, Jesus said, this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. And then Jesus took that saliva that he had made with his spit, put the mud in the man's eyes, told the man to go and wash. And as we read, the man washed in the pool and came home seen for the first time ever. As we read on, people couldn't believe their eyes when they saw this man who could now see. In fact, it says he goes around saying, I am the man. It was so hard to believe this wonderful miracle of a man born blind, now somehow seen. So much so that the Pharisees eventually brought him in for questioning. And then they began to reveal their blindness. 
Even though they knew this was the man born blind, even though the man testified and said, I was blind and now I see, and the man Jesus did it, they just couldn't believe it. So they called in the man's parents and questioned his parents too. And they said, yes, he was born blind. How he sees now, ask him. And it says, as we read, the Pharisees were divided. Some believed that Jesus was more than a man. Others thought he was just a sinner and this could not be. There it was, right before their eyes. Jesus had done something no one had ever done before. And still they couldn't believe their eyes. That's the way the the world is. Why do some people believe in Jesus and others don't? Well, it is because of our parents. It's because of Adam and Eve. You see, they were led into sin. And when the devil promised the lie that their eyes would be opened, they turned against God and fell into darkness and blindness. And their children with them, all the human race, lost in blindness, so that we cannot see the light of God and cannot understand what he reveals. And that's why even though it's plain before people of this world that Jesus is more than a man, he who came and did these things and who did the miracles, like healing the blind man, who himself rose to life, is more than a man. But still in their blindness, they say it could not be. And the world is divided. And it's not because those who believe in Jesus are somehow delusional or cannot see the details. No, it's because of the blindness of unbelief that refuses to see the details. The blindness that all of us were born into, a spiritual darkness. But Jesus led that man as he leads us to have sight. Jesus rescues us from our blindness. As we read along, we see how that man grew in his confession of who Jesus was. As he said, Jesus is more than a man, a prophet, that he's a disciple and wants to be a disciple of Jesus. The Pharisees get so angry, they threw him out. Jesus finds that man and asks him if he believes in the Son of Man. The man says, I do, tell me that I might believe. And Jesus reveals to him that he, Jesus, is the Son of Man, the promised Savior of the world, the one that we read about in Isaiah who would open the eyes of the blind, who would rescue this world from death and sin. And that man with now not just seen eyes, but eyes of faith, fell before Jesus and worshipped him with the eyes of faith, seen and no longer blind. This is how God works as he rescues us from our darkness. We can zoom in. And as we zoom in on the the picture of the cross, there we see the details. And we see that the man who's on the cross is no ordinary man. He is the Son of God. He is the Son of Man, the one prophesied. And as we zoom in on the pages of Scripture, we see the details fulfilled that he was dying on the cross for the sins of the world lost in darkness. And as we further zoom in, we see a tomb that he was placed in. We see he's not in there. More than a man, the Holy Son of God rose in glorious light. So we know that what he has promised this world, that he's rescued us from Satan and from darkness and sin, is true. And with the eyes of faith, we now see what our God has done. He has done this for you. 
opened your eyes so that you, unlike those who are still in blindness, you can see and you know that you will walk with that blind man in his eternal kingdom, with bodies made new and with your own eyes, you will see God because Jesus rescues us from our darkness. You know, sometimes I like to think that I can get by without using my vision. In fact, uh, maybe it's probably out of laziness, but I'll, I'll get up at night and I'll try to make my way and I'll think, I know my way across this house. Until in the darkness, I remember there's no way I could possibly have remembered where every piece of Mr. Potato Head had been left. And I realized just how difficult it is to pick up every piece of Lego. See, we try to stumble our way sometimes in the darkness. And that's what happens with sin and unbelief. We shut out the light of the gospel thinking we can find our own way in the darkness. But Jesus said to those listening, if you think you can see, if you think that you see yourself able to make your way through, you remain in blindness. But those who are blind and who come to Christ now can see. They can see, yes, their sin, but they can also see their Savior, the light of the world. And we can share what this blind man did. We can share, as Jesus said, now is the time when there is light. Darkness is coming, but now is the time to share this message of light, of him who rescued us from our blindness. Amen. Now to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his own blood and made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Today we'll confess our Christian faith using the ancient creed that has often been sung, but we'll speak it together. It's the words of the Deum found on page 10. We join together. We praise you, O God. We acclaim you as Lord. All creation worships you, Father everlasting. To you, all angels, all the powers of heaven, cherubim and seraphim, sing in endless praise. Holy, 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 Lord God of heavenly host, heaven and earth are full of your glory. The glorious company of apostles praise you. The noble fellowship of prophets praise you. The white-robed army of martyrs praise you. Throughout the world, the Holy Church acclaims you. Father of majesty unbounded, your glorious, true, and only Son, and the Holy Spirit, advocate and guide. You, Christ, are the King of glory, the eternal Son of the Father. When you became man to set us free, you humbled yourself to be born of a virgin. You overcame the sting of death and opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. You sit at the right hand of God in the glory of the Father. We believe that you will come to be our judge. Come then, Lord, and help your people, bought with the price of your own blood, and bring us with your saints to glory everlasting. <clears throat> 